Shaka Solo, Shaka Con, Shaka Sean Connery. Hello? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can. Cool. Making things happen this week. Yep. Oh, it's like old times. <laughs> it feels like it's been forever since we've both been on it, but it's only been one week. Yeah. Well, past two weeks have been crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Been real, been <laughs> real crazy. Just trying <laughs> to survive. Yep. It's it's tough out there. It's hard out there for those. It's hard out there for a pimp. <laughs> You know, as the as the television show Monk would say, it's a jungle out there. <laughs> oh yeah, deep cut. Oh, oh yeah, I like Monk. Oh, I said Monk. I said <laughs> Monk. I like Monk. All right. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, another episode of Echo Spective coming right at your ear holes. So uh, be ready. Uh, are you ready? Are, <laughs> are you ready, Marquis? Yes, I am ready. Thank you for listening to Echo 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 Spective. Echo Spective. Echo Echo Echo. Echo Spective. Are we getting ready for uh, Ghostbusters? <laughs> ah. No, but I can see why someone would say that. <laughs> the marshmallow man is coming. That's right. Stay puffed. Uh, well, hey, Marquise. Well, what you welcome back to the show for you because uh, you were absent last week. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I was in the in the corner. Wasn't absent. I was there, <laughs> yeah. but I was just in the corner. <laughs> you were rocking in the fetal position. There we go. I've had some technical difficulties, and I was That's in the right. corner. That's right. Preparing but hey, myself. So, but I'm back now. It it happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I heard you held you held it down while I was gone. And did a great job. Well, thank you. Um, and we're going to continue uh, today with part two with our friend Rick. Part mm. two. I tell you, there. This guy has a lot of stories, man. We we had to split it up because uh, we just wanted people to to yearn for more information, and hopefully, they've been yearning for the past week, and now they get some more. Um, yeah, Rick's going to continue to take us on that wild ride of what it's like to be a touring manager for a, a band. Um, it's crazy stuff. It's very cool, I think. Personally. Oh yeah, I, I think I think so too. I mean, just listening is just just awesome. Um, that's I wasn't a tour manager of a band, but I was in a band. <laughs> that's right, your Prince band. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, we we ain't got to say the name. We can just. It sounds cooler <laughs> when you say I was in a band. But that's then right. When you say <laughs> the name of the band. It may not be. <laughs> you know what? Just ruined it. Thank I'm you. sorry. But yeah, and, Rick, 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 Rick is awesome, man. That that he's, he, I'm sure. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what else he has to say. Yeah, it's it's gonna be cool. Um, and we have uh, this day in music this week as well. Lots Absolutely. of we're we're kind of back in the saddle. You know, last week was a, you know, I, I think sometimes episodes like that are gonna happen. You know, you 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 have those technical difficulties. You have these plans and and things laid out and then sometimes this life happens and you got to roll with it so we appreciate everyone rolling with us and and listening uh i haven't checked the metrics in a few days but last time i looked they were looking good like you guys we were winning winning <laughs> hashtag winning uh <laughs> <laughs> thank you everyone uh for listening. It's it's so cool just to Absolutely. see those numbers go up, up, up. And um on one of our analytics pages, we can see different states that continue to light up. And you know, if you, you follow us on Instagram uh or Facebook, you've probably seen some pictures posted and uh just how cool it is to see the reach. Um, you know, again, listeners in Canada listeners uh south africa and germany 
and and who knows where else uh, there is a part of the analytics page that it just says we don't know where this group of listeners are but they're listening <laughs> so wherever you are thank you for listening yeah we definitely want to think because a lot of times people don't understand that what we do we put it out but we really necessarily we really don't know all the time majority of the time if it's really getting out and listening and we go by that and that helps yeah. us to say okay you know let's keep going yeah so please don't feel free to send your comments and let us know that you're listening because that's encouraging to us because we we're doing this for for you guys because we feel like there's a need for people to hear other people's stories for encouragement or whatever yeah. it may be mm -hmm. But we we need that response back from you guys to just let us know that hey we are out here listening and keep doing what you're doing that's much appreciated. So those yes. that have done that, I want to say thank you so much. Thank you so much. And if you happen to be listening and you don't know how to get to all our other stuff, echospective.com. You can go to that website. You can find all sorts of goodies, all the socials, YouTube, the Buy Me a Coffee page. It's all there. We're continuing to build out our friends of the show uh, page. So as we continue to talk to people on the show and we want to share their information with you, they're going to end up on that page. So you can keep up with them and find out what they're doing and not just keep up with us. And just to clarify, yes. social information, well, you can't find someone's social security number on our site. <laughs> Just social, social, social. I just want to just clear that up. Like, I couldn't yes. find mine. <laughs> I should put something on the webpage that's like a fake social security number lookup. <laughs> this is your, this is a universal social security number. You can find it on echospective.com. Yeah. You say jail time for Marquise and Nate. That's, that's right. We're venturing off into, um, Places unknown. Uh, yeah, areas that we don't want to go. That's and they wanna, right. We want them to stay unknown. That so, is right. And one more thing. The number is 336-298-8124. So you can call and leave us a message. Yeah. 336-298-8124. Please do so. Yeah. If you have a story that you like to share, you want to be on the show and say something cool for everyone to hear, uh, yeah, call that number. Or you can uh, even send us a message. From the website there's a little button there um or you can just email us at info sorry that well i guess that would have been the right way to say it <laughs> the the email address is info at echospective.com i i got kind of confused when i said at info at inf anyway yeah uh, yeah it's, it's a tongue twister now info at echospective.com. I didn't want to put too many ads in there because then the email wouldn't go anywhere. Yep. And then we'll be sitting here waiting. Like they never responded. Yeah. Because we told you the wrong email. <laughs> That's right. No wonder we aren't getting anything. Oh, so you know, how, you know how to solve that problem. Just send us a message to all of them. Just copy and paste <laughs> your message. Send it <laughs> to us by email. Send it to us. Facebook. That's YouTube. Right. Just make one message. Carry that pigeon. way we'll get it. Yeah, it'll get here somehow. Uh, Put so it with in all... a bottle, throw it in the water. <laughs> right. Well, with all that being said, uh, let's get into the episode. Say I hello to you. your mother for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so after that, after that band breaks up, <clears throat> I, uh, our manager starts managing other bands. And so he's like, well, th there was a band from New Orleans called Cowboy Mouth that I mm -hmm. love. Yeah. And we had we had played with them a few times. Um, 107.5 is a, was a, is a radio station in Greensboro. And they, they, you know, they did they did these big, you know, radio concerts where they would have. Yes. Big, you know, big festivals yep. and stuff. And <clears throat> so we would. You know, I would be, we would be like the first of four bands or the second of the four bands. And and the headliners were always, you know, bigger acts like, um, I don't know, regionally. So like 
Edwin McCain, which is from like uh, South yeah. Carolina, would be on those bills. Uh, like one of them, Eve Six was on one of the bills. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So, so like, yeah, <clears throat> my pile <throat> shakes as I hit a <laughs> on the open road. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh man, but they were they're the first band who we ever saw had uh like road whores with them. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> they they like they were they get off and it is fully these girls get off glammed out. Man. Like high stiletto heels and we're like, they probably picked them up in a <laughs> in another town and they're hitching <laughs> yeah. a ride. I mean, I'm serious. I was like, oh my God, dude, look at those ladies. Crazy. Um <laughs> like from a ZZ top <laughs> video. Exactly. She's got <laughs> so uh but yeah th- so those but cowboy mouth was always was was sometimes a part of those shows and we just loved them um i remember yeah. one time we played with them at the house of blues and myrtle beach and we were both supporting days of the new at the time oh, and they were nice. you know the, they were like hard rock but with acoustic guitars and yeah. by the way couldn't have been nicer people um you really, That's you really know. know the ones. Yeah, well, you really know the ones who are really, you really appreciate rock stars that are very nice and sweet. Yeah, uh, because there are a lot of a holes out there uh-huh. that do this job, and you're like, man, can you just not be that guy? I mean, um, but uh, so long story short, yeah, our manager was managing Cowboy Mouth at the time. And uh, he's like, man, they need a, a lighting guy and a guy who's good with drums. And I was like, cool, I'm your guy. I'd love to get back on the road. Yeah. And he goes, dude, this is not like this is not like weekend where you are going to do everything. Like I was, dude, I was driving, booking hotels, settling up, yeah, handling all the money, giving out per diems, doing all the tour accounting, uh, all that stuff. You know, Ugh. advancing shows, production, everything. It was too much. Man. Dude, I was I would work. Dude, it, I mean, the hours d- don't change. You know, you work 13, 18-hour days yeah. doing this, you know? And I'm talking about tour managing, you know? Yeah. So that's what that's what we're and I'm and I'm I'm serious. He's like, this, this is you're not gonna have to wear this many hats. I was like, great. Sign that was gonna be my up. next question. Yeah. And he goes, <laughs> by the way. It's it's a two weeks on, two weeks off contract. And I'm like, sign me up, baby. Man. Yes. And he's like, and it's five hundred dollars a week. I'm like, let's go, baby. Come on. <laughs> that's big you know, money. Like, that was back then. Yeah. It's like your second gig. That's yeah. not bad. Uh you said Cowboy Mouth needs somebody. And I was like, oh wow. They probably have a tour bus. And uh-huh. like legit touring like you know even if even if it's a two week on oh dude (laughs) even though if it's a two week on two week off contract like dude this is gonna be great yeah that's cool okay i my first gig is at this uh is in columbia south carolina with them and they're headlining this place called senate park which is uh the biggest club in columbia so you know, weekend used to do that, that room, so I was very familiar. Um, and man, our our front of house guy, um, his name is Eddie Pierce, um, was at the head, so I met first. Um, he is uh, he is a let you will love this story. He he was a an eighties hair metal god. I mean, uh-huh. he was a he was a down in New Orleans, which is where the band's from. Cowboy Mouth is from, you know, he was, he was the front man and lead singer of this band called Nick Speed. <laughs> and his, his hair looked, looked like Kip Winger. Okay. It was glorious. <laughs> um, yeah. It was, it was glorious. The guy had the greatest, you know, he had the greatest screaming vibrato uh-huh. you've ever seen it was incredible and 
So, but he's also probably the, one of the greatest sound guys I've ever, I've ever heard. Like sonically, his taste is perfection. Nice. Um, he gets, I don't know how he does what he does, but man, he, I mean, he's gone on to mix like Glenn Fry and. Oh man. Dude. I mean, just, I mean, if you can please somebody from the Eagles, you're doing good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything now else he, is cake. I, yeah. Now, now he's just a. Uh, you know, just a, a baller engineer in New Orleans. I mean, he makes this stuff for, you know, the Superdome and things like that. I mean, he's just, he's a, he's a monster guy. Um, wow. So, uh, it was funny. This is a funny story. The first, the, yeah, the first gig, it was in Columbia and I step on the bus and our, our bus driver, and I'm, by the way, obviously somebody who can't really see me, I'm, I'm six foot five. <laughs> And at that time, I was 225, okay? Uh-huh. Um, I walk out on that bus, and they're like, nope. <laughs> I mean, they're like, we, you won't even fit on this bus. <laughs> they just look at me like, you, you're not gonna even going to fit. And so <laughs> they were like, and so they didn't call me by my name. They called me by, um, they called me Elizabeth for the first three days I was with them. <laughs> because... Number one, it's hazing, right? Yeah. And you know, one of the guys who's one of my one of my good friends to this day, his name is Paul Sanchez, who's a who was their guitar player. He's like, "You're not gonna," and I don't want you here. So that's and his wife, his wife was the band's tour coordinator at the time. Okay. And I was like, I don't. He's like, I don't want you here, and I don't think you're gonna work. I, I'm kind of against this. And man. just told me that point blank. And I was like, oh man. And I said, the only thing I could tell him was like, hey, listen, um, I think you guys need help here. And I said, I'm big, you know, as you as you see me. But I was like, I can make myself very small, you yeah. know? And he goes, Well, we'll see. And that night he uh I was all right, I I love impressions, you know, I do impressions. Yeah, yeah. And so he he uh by the time I got back on the on the bus at night when we're done, I started doing an impression. I started doing an impression of everybody on the bus and stuff. And he goes, Oh, <laughs> he goes, Okay, you you can stay one more day. <laughs> so I just made him laugh. One day. So I just so I just made him I made it yeah. So I made yeah. him I made him laugh. So he's like, All right, you got one more day. And uh <laughs> so we go, I think the next night uh was ziggy's and we just tore that place apart and it was amazing god was packed and and then the next night he goes all right you got one more day yeah you've done good you got one more day all right the next gig was in uh austin texas so it was a fly date and um the 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 bus was going to meet us in atlanta because we're the band was recording a record and I was going to need to go to Atlanta after that. Anyway, uh-huh. so he goes. So we go to uh, um, Austin, Texas, on a, on a plane. We go to Texas. Do the gig is the largest gig I've ever been a, a part of. Wow! There is forty thousand people. Uh, that's insane. And we are opening for ZZ Top. Oh man! And it is. It's um. It's called this craw, uh, called the Crawfish Boil. It is a they. Uh, it's it's near the. Uh, I don't know what Austin Austin's like now, but like near the hospital there is a humongous parking lot. Okay, and dude, they just flood this place with people, <laughs> and. I'm not kidding, dude. That was the third show. I, I'm like, I've got, I've got to do this. You know what I mean? I've yeah. got to see this through, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. It was, it, it was huge. It was an unbelievable experience, and and you know the crowd was just insane. It was insane, and to see those guys do it on stage, they are the best. They are yeah. unbelievable. They put on um, a good show. They're incredible. They're incredible, man. Um, and so that was really fun. Then we go to Georgia to record at Butch Walker Studio, man. Then the next day, and here we are. And I'm and and you know, Butch was in Marvelous Three, 
you know, he was just wrapped up Marvelous 3. And he was basically doing a lot of uh, songwriting with Avril Lavigne um, and other folks like Green Day and Weezer. You know, that that pop punk thing was really okay. big. Yeah. You know? And so we were trying to, because, I mean, you know, they were always, Cowboy Mouth was pretty much always a rock band. And yeah. they had like a, like, um, they had some punk roots, man, because, you know, our guitar player, John Thomas Griffith, was in the Red Rockers, which is a night, if you're a new wave uh, punk guys, he was, the Red Rockers were, had one of the first 10 videos on a DB with their song called China. And uh, he was our guitar player and knew they, and he lived in Atlanta. And so he knew all these people uh-huh. in Atlanta. It was just an incredible process to be, to re- record at that studio. And um, so we had, we worked with this, um, our producer had just gotten off the, um, he re- he did a Bowling for Soup record, you know, the oh, one with, wow. um, you know, what is it? That's on you do Madonna, you know, what, you yeah. know, um, 1985, that yeah, was the yeah. song that he, so he had a big hit with that. Um, and so we were next and I, arguably, I think that that record is called voodoo shop. You need to look it up. It's awesome. Um, all of that, most of that was, was done at Ruby red, which was Butch Walker studio, which was a great experience. Um, also got to, to a couple of those songs were recorded by Mark Bryan from Hootie and the Blowfish. Cause uh, he's a good friend of that band. Very cool. Um, yeah, but that was, that was my second um and i toured with them for two years and you know eventually i was i became production manager for the whole tours all uh-huh. of the whole tour but what was crazy I, you said it, i said it was going to be a two week on two week off um schedule well that all ended the next week after the studio because hurricane katrina came through and destroyed all of their houses uh-huh. and so they half the band was homeless and so we were gone for the next 225 days. Wow. I, 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 count, I, I marked it off on the calendar. Um, uh, we never uh, toured. We usually never toured through the holidays. Um, but we had nowhere to go. Yeah. And I, I'll just, you know, I'll never forget. There, there's so many, there's so many crazy stories about that time. You know, it was a sad time, but you know, we had to be out. They just, they, you know, their homes were yeah. destroyed. And, yeah. and we just, and, um, you know, there's the first, we played the first, um, we headlined on one of the, on one of the stages, uh, Jazz Fest, um, the year after Katrina. And it was like the greatest thing I've ever seen. You want to talk about that? That's the, that's, that became the first, uh, amount of the largest amount of people we'd ever played in front of, which was like sixty thousand. Yeah, and I, I just couldn't even believe it. It was it looked like a, it looked like a soccer stadium. <laughs> um, it, it, it was it was unbelievable. They hold it. They hold Jazz Fest in a um at like a Churchill Downs type place. So it's kind of like a uh, it's a horse race park. Uh-huh. Um, and but it has to be during the day. Uh, the city of New Orleans won't flip the bill for lights and stuff. <laughs> too cheap well it's just like you know they what they think is uh, like let's stop this at dusk because the night the nightlife during jazz fest is is unbelievable so that means that like every single bar and club of which there are too many to list uh-huh. are they're all going on so like we would have a we would close down jazz fest and we'd have to rent back line because we have a show at 2 a.m. that starts at 2 a.m. at Tipitina's, which is like, or the Howlin' Wolf, which is like, they're the two like huge clubs. Um, so, and that's where our, our real gear was, you know, because it was, I mean, it's just that crazy. So we Man. would do two shows, two shows a night, which is unbelievable. It's so fun. Um, that is cool. Yeah. But so that's, that's kind of where my, you know, the working music journey ends, you know, is two years. I, I toured two years with them. We did 
the, like I said, the first year we were on the road, 225 days. And for me, that is too much. And yeah, that's a lot, you know, I, 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 I saw my, I saw my girlfriend who's now my wife two weeks in four months. Wow. And, and it was only because I had to insist that the band fly her out, you know, um, because we were not even coming close to North Carolina. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I, I was like, guys, if y'all don't fly her out, I'm going to lose her. There's just no way that I can do this and keep her. And they're like, sure, we'll do it. And it was, it was during a fun run, which is, you know, always great. Like in the summertime, we go to, we would always do Boston, New York, and Nantucket. We would spend four days in Nantucket. Uh huh. So we would play two nights and have two days of um, vacation. And, uh, you know, paid for by the band and all that stuff. It was great. Yeah. That's so cool. Eat, eat, eat really good food and yeah, drink really well and all that stuff. Mm. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> so that's kind of where that, that's kind of where that stops. And, um, you know, I guess I'm almost 30 at that point. Okay. So yeah, uh, I'm 46 now. So I've been out of it. I've been out of it for about 17 years. Something like that. It was a fun ride, baby. I did, <laughs> I did almost almost ten years of touring, and I'm, but I'm glad I did it. In my I'm glad I did it in my twenties, man. I don't even yeah. think I don't think I could even do it at 46. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you know, the days are long. I mean, dude, I've got a friend. The guy who actually I trained for my job is Zach Brown's tour manager now. Oh man, yeah. Um, I think he's their tour manager. He may be in production. I'm not really sure, but he he he's been with Zach Brown for uh over 15 years as as a big part of their uh, organization. That's incredible. Yep, his name is Stuart Blanchard. Stuart, Stuart Blanchard. He's a great, great guy. Yep, good at what he does. Stuart, if you're listening, thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah, and close <laughs> close all those tabs because I know you have a bunch to uh, advance with Zach Brown. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> he showed he showed me. Uh, you know, with with Calvin Mouth, we didn't have to do. You know, this we were still, I was still making phone calls. I mean, there was no cracking open a laptop and getting on like spreadsheets or doing any of that back then. You know, right nowadays, um, there's a whole you know software. For, for just touring software. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. And you've got, you've got, all, he had like a hundred tabs open just for the shows that they're doing. Um, <laughs> and you know, you're talking about millions of dollars, millions yeah. and big shows. I'm talking, man, I bet he does. I bet they do half a, probably a quarter to a half a million dollars in merchandise a day. Wow. Like at per show. It's crazy. Um, I know that he, when he got first got on that tour, he was ahead of merchandise. That's what I, but that's, that's you working your way up, man. You know, yeah, that's what, yeah. that's what this is all about. So it's crazy. Just digging in and doing what you love and 100%. riding, riding the wave. Riding it, riding it. So <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I tend to, I tend to get long winded when I talk about this stuff. So if no, I go over, I'm sorry. That's, there is no <laughs> over. <laughs> That's that's why I wanted to have you on because I I know you've got um, good stories and oh yeah you know e even more to share in the future. Now that you're you're not doing that kind of stuff anymore, do you still feel like music has influenced you um, in some way, even to where you are professionally now? Like uh, you know, because you're in sales. Yes. And you've got to be a people person. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. To to be a good salesperson. <laughs> yeah, I've, you know I've met some non people person people people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some out there that aren't that aren't people uh you know, aren't are people's people. But the the, the yeah. thing is they they end up selling too, which is really crazy. Yeah. But you know, it's just it the having the gift of gab just comes with with what yeah with with what i've done in my life yeah because you have to pass the time somehow 
You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not kidding when I say this. That guy, the guy in Calumet, Paul Sanchez, he's the best storyteller I've ever I've ever heard. And he tells and he tells a lot of great stories through his music. And he's a he's a solo artist now. Um, y'all need to listeners need to check him out. Paul Sanchez, he's amazing. Um uh but you're right. I mean, I, I think it, it it comes with the territory of doing this life. Yeah. Doing that life. Um, and I listen to music constantly. Constantly. I mean, it's mm -hmm. all it's all in my life. It's on my life. I, I, I'm so lucky I get to dip my toes into uh playing shows, <clears throat> um, which is so fun. Uh I I'm I'm addicted to that show, man. Yeah. I always have been. Yeah. Um, when, you know, when you go to a show, you go to a concert, I want to know what the guys are, what kind of gear the guys are right. using. Right. Yeah. I want to know what amps. Now it's like, I want to know what a digital platform they're using. <laughs> got an XFX over there. <laughs> you got an Axe. I know you have Axe effects in there, Betty. Um, but, you know, like, oh my God, these guys actually have amps on stage. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> What are they rocking? Um, I want to know what kind of guitars they've got. Yeah. Um, especially if I'm, if I love their guitar playing, I want to know that stuff. Just like I wanted to know what Kurt Cobain was saying in, in your Uh huh. Like that is a, you're talking, you were talking like raw. It is raw, dude. Mm -hmm. Like that, yeah. that, that record didn't have the polish that Nevermind has. Um, but it was that because it's raw, man. That is a raw, album and but that's the thing i mean it, it's it's all over the place it's constant in my in my my life my daughters love it they listen i i all they want to listen to is taylor swift okay that's all my daughters want to listen to yeah and i'm like no i'm so, I, I mean i'll play it if i'm in a good mood uh if i'm in a good mood y'all can play some taylor swift but if i'm if i'm you know, I've got to get them here or there, dude. I am rocking my yacht rock station, or I am like, and I, I'm here. I want to hear "Hold the Line" by Toto, baby. Yes. Rosanna, that solo is so killer. I, yeah. I am air guitaring like crazy in my car, bro. Yeah, Luther's I mean, a beast, it, man. Oh, dude, unbelievable! And he comes <laughs> up with all that stuff, like. Yeah. On all this, on all of his sessions, man, you got—he's probably one of the best guitar part writers ever to do it. Yeah, he's insane. He's—he—that's why he was on everybody's stuff, right? Because the guy can write parts. <laughs> yeah, straight up, man. Dude is a beast. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man, it's—it's it's a constant, man. I mean, I'm. I'm air guitaring all the way, all, all the time. I mean, that's that's my that's my deal, man. Air drum and air guitaring. I look like an idiot rolling down the road, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, in, that guy's really mad in the car. In the, and I was the, like, no, nah, it's just me banging away, yeah. you know, just on my drums. It's just Tom Sawyer, me. man. No big deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, I think it could be pretty cool when your professional life kind of merges with your love and passion for music um that's right like when uh i mean if if we can't talk about this we'll just edit it out uh but like when you had fraylin as a client yeah yeah like <laughs> you know absolutely they so, and not not saying that um your uh, sales prowess did not get you that gig but probably the fact that you're a music geek helped out i would imagine oh, it, it was the it was the very reason why, um, I, you know, that is really not how I like to. Well, I'll tell you this: I don't really just email guys off their website saying, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. guy, let you me need some paper." I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a packaging salesman. Okay, that's what I'm doing. But I don't say, "Hey, man, I really love to sell you the box and shippers that you've got," even though <laughs> I'm like, "Oh man, like these guys." It would be a nice uh, dream account to have yeah. just so that we can talk shop. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like talking shop. And if I can do that while working even better bonus. Um, yeah. So like, uh, companies like 
Fralin, companies like Stringjoy, the string manufacturer. Yeah. Um, they're they're uh, new uh, new to the game. They're not new to the I, game. They're just new. You know, they're just getting out there. I've been meaning um, to try some of those out. Oh man, you've got to you've got to get get your hands on some of those, baby. Do it. <laughs> they're great. They are great. Um, so I mean, they are doing... not an official sponsor of this episode. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's great when you can when the two things cross paths. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's great, and. You know, whether it's, you know, corrugated or doing something cool, like design wise, man, oh my gosh, I love doing those. I just call them passion projects. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that is a, it's a dream. It's a dream to do that. Man. So fun. That's so cool. Well, this might be a good place to conclude this episode. Oh, why now? (laughs) I have so much more. That's okay. There's always, we got to make room for future content. We can't just do it all right now. I know, I know. (laughs) Here's a three-hour episode. (laughs) Jeez. If you like really long formats. (laughs) We got to put that on the Patreon or something. People have to pay for that stuff. Love it. Love it. But uh, Rick, man, thanks for uh, thanks oh, for hanging out and and sharing ahead. and um, of course. I think that's one of the great things about doing this show is just learning how people. Well, first off, just finding out how music has influenced them and has shaped their lives, and just kind of going through that journey as they tell their oh, stories. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, it is incredible. So it is incredible. It's, and it's such a, you know, it's such a huge, I, 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 I hear people sometimes they'll say, I'll say, Hey, you know, what do you, we you know, are trying to find out what somebody's interests are. Yeah. You know, and they're like, I'm not really a music person. I'm like, how is that possible? <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's in everything. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, every dang commercial has a, has a jingle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Music is everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. Everything's like, got a rhythm, you, you know, it's the, un- the, the like... wind, the, the earth, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> oh man. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. Um, thanks for hanging out. And we'll uh, we'll have to do this again. My pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, so Rick Hitchcock, man, what a character. What a set of stories. Um, Weekend Excursion, talented band uh, out of North Carolina. Um, And then Cowboy Mouth. I don't know. I'm sure there might be some listeners who are like, who the heck? Is Cowboy Mouth. But if you were around in the 90s, if you were, um, I guess I was, it was late high school, um, early college. Dude, man, that band was huge. <laughs> they were, they were yeah. everywhere. Like they were kind I of think on, I've heard them. on the mm-hmm. Ed, Edwin McCain circuit. Edwin McCain. Yeah. Yes. They, they kind of went around with, they were kind of lumped in with that kind of stuff of the era. Um, but yeah, uh, Cowboy Mouth, they had that song, Janie says, turn off the radio. Janie says, turn off the light. Oh, that was, the, yes, right. Yeah. That was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember and the, that song. And yeah. the lead singer like always wore overalls. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tell you, man, it, that was, what a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and and Rick and and Rick's story as far as going through all of that um, was just amazing. Like um, his ups and downs through it yeah. all, yeah, you know, was just was was telling, and also it was kind of refreshing to know because sometimes when when you hear other people's stories like that, it's like, okay, so either it's not that bad or 
um, I just need to keep moving because yeah. it's, it's not what it seems. You know, right. sometimes you hear, you know, how, you know, the story about when he talked about being in the um, being in the house, they yeah. they lived in a house together. I thought yeah. that was interesting because <laughs> that was that wasn't the first time I've heard that. But I heard it on the other end as far as with rappers. They when they get ready to do an album, um, they will get the producers and the engineers and they get a, a house or a studio and they lock themselves yeah. in yeah. until it's done. But to hear it told the way he told it, yeah, it was like, you know, it's like they went head in. Everything is all in or it's nothing. And I right. thought it was really cool. Yeah. Uh and and when he was sharing about going on tour with cowboy mouth and it was supposed to be kind of the short little deal and then katrina happened <laughs> and half the band doesn't have a home to, to come home to so they had to stay out on oh, the road yeah. yeah like oh that's gotta be tough man and you just never know you just never know what's gonna happen you know, again, kind of like we were talking at the top of the episode, you know, you have all these plans and these ideas, uh, it's just, you know, related to the show and as small and insignificant as that is, um, you know, sometimes that can even, you know, throw us for a loop, but you, I just imagine from Rick's point of view, you're, you're doing this job that you, you know, you love and you're starting it with this new group and you're excited and, and you plan to just kind of do this short stint because, you know, like you got a girlfriend and you know, hey, maybe one day she'll be your wife and you do want to see her. And and then all of a sudden this catastrophic event happens and you have to stay out on the road. Yeah. <laughs> that you don't have any other yeah, that's choice. Gotta be tough. Yeah. And on one hand, it's like, oh man, maybe that was pretty cool. Because if you really like doing that stuff or the, the guys and in the band, right. But also at the same time to, to do, even if you're doing something you love, if you have, if you're being made to do it, essentially, uh, that's got to put a whole new feel on, on what you're doing because now you're not doing it because it's something you love to do. You're doing it because you have to survive. You know, you, you got, you really got some bills to pay now. <laughs> yeah. That's gotta be tough um, to, to even go through that because for one, you're away from your living area, whether it be your home or if you stand with, you know, your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever you, you you're away from them. Um, yeah. That's one. And you know that you can't come back because it's, it's nothing to come back to. Right. So it's kind of a twofold thing, you know, I mean, that, that could, that could weigh on a person's mental that you're out. I mean, cause some people could think, you know, you're out having fun cause you're touring and I'm home. I'm here in the town where we live with no place to stay. And, you know, it, it could, it could get rough. I can imagine, but, um, it takes a, a different person or a strong person, strong people, especially in a relationship to be able to, go through that and understand that okay this is just temporary you know yeah. we hit a we hit a moment we hit a pocket hit some turbulence but um you know being that he was able to still work i think yeah. you know may have been an outlet for him that okay I, I don't have a home but i'm bringing in some income to better myself to better my home to have a better home or whatever you know your goal may be but I thought it was interesting when he was saying that, look, guys, if y'all don't fly my girlfriend out here, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, and good. I could totally, <laughs> I could totally understand it. He's like, look guys, I've had enough. Um, I love you. I, I like what I'm doing, but I love her a little bit more. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't want a roadie. I don't want to fix. I want my woman here now what's that uh jt yeah. whitworth i want my woman here now <laughs> <laughs> i have a structured settlement and i need cash I want, now <laughs> i want her now <laughs> well wait a minute <laughs> call cowboy mouth so they can fly a girlfriend here 
man, that would. You know what we could do? You know what? Okay, never mind. <laughs> Have Rick. Rick, you did a great job. <laughs> yep, loved having Rick on the show. Um, I, I'm very sure that he's going to be a return uh, guest because uh, I know some of the other stories that he didn't share, and we we got to let those him talk about them. Yeah. yeah, man, I want to hear those. I, yeah, I, I, bro. Hopefully, I can be there too because I want. I mean, his really, really compelling, and you know, yeah. For someone with his background, um, I mean, he's it's just he's interesting. Yeah, he's done. And, and the, the main part, what I got out of it is he can play guitar, but he wasn't actually in the band. Right. Yeah. You know, he, he was and he has all of these stories and people that he made that, that he met um, and things that he did. And he wasn't even, you know. Let, I mean, but but again, he plays the instrument, but he wasn't a band member as far as when the lights go on and the show starts. He wasn't on stage. Yeah. And and, and, and to, to be OK that with that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like he fit the role perfect because he was like, yeah. OK, this is my role. I'm good with it. Let's roll. Yeah. Um, so the you know, I've I've said this before and I'll probably keep saying it until this. Uh, show ceases to be but i'm just continually um encouraged by the stories that all our guests have shared because there there is one thing so far that has just been a common thread and that is people have found their success when they decided to do what they felt they were supposed to do. And even though it may have been scary, even though um, it may not have made worldly sense, um, you know, it's, it's just hearing the stories where people are like, you know, I, I've always known I wanted to do this or, you know, I've, I, I love music so much. It, it I've got to make it part of my life somehow professionally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We, we have some other interviews coming up where the, the same stories are shared. Um, I won't give too much away, but uh, one that's coming up, uh, an old friend of mine, you know, he, he knew in, in middle school and high school what he wanted to do and nothing else would substitute that there, there was no other option you know Sink and, or swim. yeah and it's just like God, i look back on my life and the times that i've felt that you know i i want to do something that i know i'm built to do but i'm just so freaked out that it might not work out or it isn't the right move or, or whatever. And, you know, that's not to say that, you know, every situation is different, but I think a lot of us can relate to the fact that we have those callings from inside our hearts, you know, within ourselves. And we, we know what we like, we know what we can be successful at. And sometimes that requires kind of jumping out into the unknown and it can be scary and but it's it's encouraging to hear these stories of people who have done that and find out that hey their world didn't fall apart <laughs> no and you know actually uh, it improved in some in some aspects of yeah. it from the learning experience yeah and i i don't know i i, I think if you and i get nothing else out of doing this venture than just to find encouragement in other people's stories. I think this is more than time well spent uh, doing all of this, but uh, hopefully it's a sense of encouragement or a source of encouragement to our listeners. You know, if, if yeah, somebody's yeah. out there listening right now, who's on the fence about some sort of decision they have to make, and it doesn't even obviously have to be music related, but could be about a career it could be a relationship it could be anything um i think sometimes we don't 
we don't listen to ourselves and we listen to everybody else. And if those two voices are wholly separate, then something might be wrong. Um, yeah. And again, that's not to say that sometimes selfish desires or plans or whatever kind of muddy the waters a little bit, but like you, you know who you are and what you can and cannot do and what your passions are and what you think or know that you're good at. Um, I don't know. I think it's just time for, for people to stop selling themselves short and just, uh, just go for it. Yeah, just do it. I mean, it was a commercial years ago that said, just do it. And it's, it's so relevant yeah. to your life. You know, sometimes we second guess ourselves out of, a better situation, mm-hmm. you know, because I think it's the fear of unknown. Yeah. And, you know, we, we kind of, we dwell, instead of just deciding we doing it and jump out there and do it. I think a lot of times we just, well, what if this and what if that? And I always try oh, yeah. to resort back to what I, what I feel. I use the 50, 50 rule. And I say there's 50% that it could go wrong. 50% that it can go right. But yeah. I think as humans, we naturally, lean towards the 50 percent that's wrong uh-huh. instead of leaning towards the 50 percent that's right because you, when you just start now it could go either way mm-hmm. but how you feel in your actions and your motivation because sometimes if you talking yourself out of you having doubts you're going to yeah. act accordingly you know it, you're not going to be you're going to be like yes yeah, it's, it's going to be like well I, I might do this or this may work but you're not going to be strong willed at it and i think if you can just change that to make it strong will to say, you know what? I am going to do this. I am going to figure this out. Then I think you're more motivated to do that. It's a lot easier to talk yourself out of doing something. (laughs) Yeah. Because on the other hand of that, they say, what's the hardest thing to do? Start. Yeah. Yeah. Because talking yourself into doing it, like it, it requires action to talk yourself out. You you don't have to do anything. You just say, Oh, I'm not going to do it. Doesn't yeah. take any work. <laughs> not at all. I'm done. I'm it's a wrap. I'm not doing it anymore. So yep. that that's that's easy to do. Yep. So it's hard to stick in because as soon as the roads get um cluttered, yeah, and the skies get cloudy, you're like, Man, see, I knew it, and then you bounce off. Yep. But where yeah. where you were before, the road got the road got cloud. I mean, the the, sky, the the skies got cloudy and the road got, you know, got dark where you were before. But yep. all you did was complain and kept going. Now you just change that. Yeah. Don't complain. Just keep going. Well, and we've kind of talked about this in earlier episodes. And if you haven't heard this before, then maybe you should listen to some earlier episodes. But um, I mean, we did the same thing with the show. Um, it, it took us a long time to end up where we're at because we talked ourselves out of this for a long time mm-hmm. and, right. and maybe, maybe not the podcast specifically, but just musical ventures in general, uh, both individually and collectively. Um, and, and then even when we decided that uh the podcast was where we're gonna land it still kind of took some convincing because <laughs> it was like oh, yeah. okay is is this really is this really what we want to do and it's in any time that you're producing something for someone there's always that fear of failure there's always that fear of rejection and i mean w- you know again we're we're creating stuff and people in different countries are listening to <laughs> us and it's like, golly, it's kind of a lot of pressure, but it, it's also encouraging to to continue to move forward with it. Absolutely. You I, know, I totally agree with that. With uh, with our little technical difficulties last week, if we were already kind of down on ourselves and going, oh, man, is this podcast even something we really need to keep doing? And then we hit that first mm-hmm. little speed bump uh, where it the format wasn't going to be what it's usually been. We could have been like, oh, see, I knew it. We, we can't even, 
we're barely seven, eight episodes into this thing and the wheels are already falling off, but yep. wrap it up. Let's go. Time, yeah. <laughs> time to wrap it up. Nobody's going to listen. Nobody cares. You know, you can really get in your own head and just self-destruct. Um, oh man, I know. Cause I was, I was almost there. Like yeah. I said, when I was in the corner, I was, yeah, no man, you just, you don't, you know, I mean, you, you hit that right on the head. I mean, it's just, I, 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 I enjoy doing this so much to, to the point to when I, when I'm not doing it or if I can't do it, I feel a certain way. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, me too. Because I feel like this, this is the path that we need to be on. And yeah. You know, just like Rick's story, it's, it's just like, of course, we're not picking up moving into an apartment or a house, just you and I with podcast equipment and <laughs> yeah, just not yet. We're going to knock out a hundred episodes. We're not going to leave this <laughs> bill. But in that sense, it's like in our separate own way, it's like I got to be dedicated to this. Just like I get up every morning to go to my job, I yep. have to every week do something in echospective to order for this to grow. I can't expect you. I can't expect anybody to do for us what I think it should be yeah. um, unless I do it. So when you're not able to, it's just like, man. And like you said, it was so easy just to say, you know what, Nate, I'm out, man. I, I just, I don't have <laughs> yeah, time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's just like, okay, you punch me. I'm punching back. Yeah. And it's all about pivoting. Um, Pivot. just, <laughs> a little friends reference. Um, you know, just like in Rick's story, again, going out on the road thinking you're going to do two on, two off for however long. And then all of a sudden, uh, you're, you're on the road for 200 and some days. Like, I, <laughs> you got to pivot. <laughs> yeah. Pivot. You, you, <laughs> you gotta be you gotta be flexible um and and patient and willing to and he could have and going back to his story it's funny now that now everything's starting to pop up in the uh, yeah right that. it's just like you get into an argument and you can't say anything and, then and another thing you home. You're like <laughs> and another thing but now you're like two hours Re, um, removed from it so it wouldn't yeah. you know behoove you to say anything so you just got to eat it yeah but what i should have said he, was know, yeah <laughs> when he was talking about how he, i guess he i don't not necessarily say it wasn't wanted but he kept going you know he kept yeah up, yeah yeah um you know well you're not going to be the fit for me oh well you don't think but i'm i'm here too you, you it's going to take more than that yeah to get me away because i'm I'm invested in this. Yeah. And we're all here for the same mindset, thing. Yeah. And and going back to what we just talked about, about the just do it, about the confidence. He could have just said, well, you know, I thought because he was there from what I understand. And he was going there. He was on cloud nine because he was just so happy to be a part of that. And then for someone just to shoot him down like that, he could have been like, you know what? All right. I'm just going back home. Yeah. But he know he fought through it. And it turned out that, you know, no, we 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 want you here now. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, yes, we uh, appreciate I think, it. I think that's kind of so it. much. So we got uh this day in music yeah. and again coming up. before we get out of here. Yeah, this oh, day yeah. music. Oh, I'm talking over to you. That's Let's okay. try again. Go ahead, you got it. <laughs> and we still doing it. Oh. <laughs> okay so this damn music coming up and uh hope you guys enjoyed it and again call us yeah 336-298-8124 your social not your social number but you can go to (laughs) your social facebook x social medias and um send us a message as well and uh send us a coffee well no don't send us a coffee you know what you have (laughs) that's right they'll figure it out All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Echo Spectre. This day in music. Let's get it. Yo, did you know that this day in music, February 28th, 1970, Simon and Garfunkel began a six-week run at the top of the Billboard 100 with Bridge Over Trouble Water. 
Also, um, it, it became one of the most performed songs of the 20th century with notable recordings by Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, and Aretha Franklin, among others. That is a good party to be in. That's that's definitely a good party. Bridge over trouble. Bridge over trouble. What up? What up? This day in music, 1986, George Michael and Andrew Wrigley announced that Wham! with the exclamation exclamation mark. Do not forget the exclamation mark after Wham! They will split up and have a farewell show June 28, June 28, June 28, 1986, with 72,000 fans in attendance. Their farewell show at London's Wembley Stadium on June 28, 1986, with 72,000 fans in attendance. Go ahead, George Michael. We're going to follow that up, though, with this damn music, 1984, the greatest of all time, Michael Jackson took home a record-breaking eight awards at the 26th annual Grammys. Out of his 12 nominations, Jackson earned Record of the Year for Beat It and Album of the Year for Thriller, while Billie Jean won Best Pop Vocal Performance, Best R&B Performance, and Best R&B Song. I remember that. I watched that Grammy. I remember that Grammy. Oh, I was so excited. Yes, and those of you that listen to the story, uh, echospective about me, you know that I was in the Prince. Yeah, I, I know that. I can like both. All right, I like both. I had the glitter socks too and the glove. I had, I like, you know what? This day in music, 1983. In 1983, U2 released their third studio album, War. Came number one by knocking Michael Jackson's Thriller out of the top um, spot. And that was on, uh, that was their first gold, certified gold album in the U.S. Go ahead, you two. I remember you two. They were awesome. This day in music. Adele, 2016, was at number one on the UK and US album chart with her third studio album 25. Go ahead Adele. Go ahead Adele. This day in music. This day in music. This, this, this day in music. Uh oh, we can't have a this day in music without boy George. Let's see. Boy George pleaded not guilty to falsely imprisoning a Hanging him to the wall. Yo, I told y'all, this is not music. Who's writing this? February 28th. No. He wasn't even making me. You know what? This day As we continue on. Oh, this damn music, 1997. Suge Knight was sentenced to nine years in prison for violating his probation for the 1995 assault conviction. Yo, what is this day in music? I th- okay, I think I got some music for you, all right? Don't hold it against me, but I think I have some music, I have for, some you. music I have. for you. February 28, 1996, Grammy Award winners included Alanis Morissette, who won Album of the Year for Jagged Little Hill, Best Female Rock Vocal, and Best Song for for you, you ought to know, which was the classic. Also, Nevada's Unplug won Best Alternative Album and Coolio Best Rap Performance with Gangsta's Paradise, 1996. And that's that's a good group right there. I can roll with that. I can roll. With, I can roll with that. I can roll with that. 1994, this damn music. Eric Clapton played his 100th performance at London's Royal Albert Hall. Say that like. Back straight, shoulders out. Performance at the London Royal Albert Hall. Oh, a young Clapton first graced the Royal Albert Hall famous stage on December 7, 1964, with the Yardbirds as part of a BBC Two Top two Beat top concert. Top concert. Yard bird, yard bird, yard bird. This damn music, this damn music, this damn music, 1989. 
Bob Dylan recorded the first sessions of the Old Mercy album at the studio in New Orleans, Louisiana. What became Dylan's 26th studio album, released by Columbia Records in September 1989. This day in music. This day in music. Okay, Paul Simon, 1976. Still crazy after all these years. That's a loaded song title. Was named Best Pop Vocal Performance and Album of the Year at the 18th Grammy Awards. In his acceptance speech, he said, I would like to thank Stevie Wonder for not releasing an album this year. That's when Stevie was on the roll. Believe me, you. Stevie was on the roll with this album. He was popping them up, popping them up, popping them up. Uh oh, Fleetwood Mac. This damn music, 1970. In an interview with, with the new musical Express Fleetwood Max, Peter Green talked about his plans to give all his money away. The following year, Green confronted his accountant with a gun after he sent him an unwanted royalty check. The guitarist went to jail briefly before transferred to an asylum and was committed to a mental hospital. Yo, 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 yo. What is going on with this day in music? This day in music. This Day in Music, English musician and composer Brian Jones, best known as founder and original leader of the Rolling Stones, okay, Jones placed an advertisement in Jazz News May 2nd, 1962, inviting musicians to audition for a new R&B group. So, Jones came up with the name the Rolling Stones while on the phone with the venue owner who asked him, what are you called? What are your names? Jones saw a cup, a copy of um, the best of Muddy Waters lying on the floor. And track one was, you guessed it, Rolling Stone Blues. When Jones developed alcohol and drug problems, he became increasingly unreliable. The Stones dismissed him in June of 1969. Jones died July 3rd, 1969, after drowning in a swimming pool. This day in music. Wow, what a story. Today's episode was supported by Trimark Turf Solutions. Go to TrimarkTurf.com. Echospective was recorded and produced in Mockingbird Studios. Brought to you by Marquise Burke and Nathan Sieg, and in part by their respective families. We thank you all so much for pushing us to strive for excellence. And we thank you, the listener. Your support means everything.